every bun. Um, I think I said bun, every bun. Hello, everyone. Hi, Amy. Hi, Vincent. Uh, welcome, everyone, to The Grid is for Squares, um, the podcast where we get high and talk about uh, building our homestead in California. Sovereign Nation 420 <laughs> for all you 51st staters. Is that a real thing? I don't know. It could be. <laughs> it is now. It is now. Uh, so what are we smoking today? <coughs> We're smoking Maui Wowie. Ah, yes. About as far from our Thanksgiving experience as you can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, pretty far. Um, so today we're talking about our Thanksgiving on our new property. Um, just a couple of quick reminders, get you back up to speed. Uh, about a month and a half ago, we purchased 10 acres of land in Mariposa, California, just a little bit outside of Mariposa. Um, it's like an hour from Yosemite. Mm -hmm. um, 10 acres, no utilities. No construction, no buildings of any kind, just just land. Uh, there's kind of a road that goes through it a little bit. Um, it's a pretty of... good road. Mm -hmm. It gets there. Yeah. Um, lots of trees, lots of granite boulders. It's very pretty. Um and since this is our Thanksgiving episode, I also thought it might be prudent, appropriate, uh, good to mention the Awanichi people, who are the native people of the Yosemite Valley. I should say were the native people of the Yosemite Valley because <clears throat> white people. So anyway, the Awanichi, Awanichi people um, lived in the Yosemite Valley. They were fucked over by a gold miner in the 19th century, go figure. Um, and in 1850, they had a big conflict, the miners and the native people, and the California state militia burned their villages. Hmm. Not a great look. No. But a little bit of good news. This year, 2019, uh, the Parks Department, the Federal Parks Department, approved the building of a traditional roundhouse in Yosemite to start reestablishing their cultural connection to the park. Um, so yeah, things are maybe getting slightly better. Nah, probably For not. whom? Well, I th the, like the descendants of the Awanichi people. Are there many left today? Did you find out? Well, so the Awanichi people were sort of a subset of the... Was it the Miwok? Miwok, yeah, Miwok. Anyway, we don't know for sure. I don't know for sure that the there were people living on our specific 10 acres, and if so, that they were the Awanichi people, mm -hmm. but they were the people that lived in the Yosemite Valley, which is about as close as you can get. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that since we're talking about Thanksgiving and land and things. Uh, I think that is a really cool connection to make um, and one that, that we talked about, I don't think in the last episode, but just um, with each other, the thought of this land that we now have that maybe no one has ever slept on before. Or if they have, you know, it was native people hundreds, thousands of years ago, like just camping out for a night or two. Right. Um, so... We went, we were there from Thursday, Thanksgiving, till Sunday. Um, we just got back a few days ago. S some things went as planned, other things less so. Uh, but as you've pointed out, you learn a lot more from failure than from success. So I think we're both pretty happy overall. And we learned a lot. With how it went, yeah. Um, and, you know, the suffering is in the past and the lessons keep going. So that's cool about the nature of space yeah. time mm -hmm. um we ended up camping in the freezing rain and snow but 
we'll get to all of that in a sec. Let's back up a little bit. Why did we go there? Yeah, what, why did, we, did go... we get out of it? Well, what did we go for Thanksgiving? I think, so a few months ago, maybe like six months ago or something, I, I made like this decision. I was like, we're going to find a property, we're going to buy it, and we're going to be there in time for Thanksgiving. And by damn it, we bought the property in October and we were boots on the ground by Thanksgiving. When Amy sets her mind to something, she delivers. It was not not going to happen. Life is short. You can't fuck around. Yeah. Um, so we got it in October. It's, it is five hours away. I wanted to go back right away, but we've got lives here. Um, and there's, you know, there's nothing but land there right now. Um... So, yeah, we decided we needed to spend a few days and we needed to have an objective, which in lieu of anything else, just surviving and staying dry and warm and eating food all day is kind of the basic uh, living thing objective. (laughs) Just the, yeah, not even mammal, but just living thing objective. Um, But you went into it with some goals, right? Like... What did you wanted to, we built a bunch of shit, which we'll get to in a second, but like. But I wanted to go in, I wanted to survey it. We know where the corners are already, but when they're 600 feet apart and like covered by brush, it's hard to, hard to connect the dots. So I had this vision of, I brought, um, Mason's line, like pink string line to stretch between the corners. Didn't get to that at all. Um, we wanted to and had to clear a fair amount of brush. Um, we wanted to get some plants in the ground uh, because the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago and yeah we wanted to to bring all the shit that we've been accumulating for our property and it's been cluttering up our apartment our apartment has been so (laughs) cluttered Um, it's not a big apartment in a lot of stuff i'm glad that we left a lot of shit there yeah so we brought like 500 pounds of goods we really loaded down the wagon yeah our little Yaris, she is such a trooper. She got it all up there, and she did not protest. She, she did a good job. Yeah. Um. So those those were my ambitions. I think Amy went into it like she wanted to. She wanted to get inspired and come up with a name. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, I want to have some sort of name for the property that we can put. Like eventually, we're gonna. I want to have you know retreats. So I want to be able to say the blah 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 retreat. And we need to have a shorthand with each other and with our friends and family to be like, oh, yeah, this weekend we're going up to blah, blah, blah. And I argued that you can't, we we had a long drive up, so we started talking about it. And I argued that you can't really name it until you've spent some time there and ideally in four seasons because you're going to see the bird that only comes through once a year or that special angle of moonlight. Um, And, you know, there's some some family history for you there was some sentimentality around the name stardust yeah so my family back before i was born even um in like the i don't know 40s 50s didn't they buy in like the 30s yeah something like that um had a lake home in minnesota called stardust and the previous place conway that we almost got just was all of these like open rolling hills kind of and it made it seem like there would be really good star gazing on the property Mm -hmm. um so i thought stardust acres maybe but this one has a lot more tree cover it's not that wide open planetarium sort of a feel so i don't think stardust is necessarily appropriate for this however then we discovered that 
the dirt is full of gold <laughs> um, or pyrite, probably little flakes of it either way. Um, so, yeah, because it was raining so much, it sort of acted like a prospector. What's the what's word? The Sifting. The sieve? Like, yeah. What is the verb? Oh, um Panning for panning, gold. Panning, I guess that's, pro, just, that's like the verb. Like a prospector panning for yeah, gold. Yeah, anyway, you know, he rinses it under the water to get We're, the dirt to yeah. uh, wash away and leave little bits of gold. And as it was raining on our property, everything started glittering because everything was now covered in this, like these tiny little flakes of gold. Yeah. It was fucking magical. I still don't know what I'm going to name it, though. <laughs> that didn't help me very much. Uh, whether or not it was raining, um, we were busting up rocks and digging around yeah. in the dirt. And we kind of noticed, um, to this day, my rain jacket has little flecks of gold on uh -huh. it. It gets on everything. Yeah, all of our so. tarps got little gold bits There's going to be them. some glitter pride like. Yeah, I do appreciate the idea of glitter being in the name because of the, you know, super gay connotations. Um, but glitter mine, glitter mine acres. I don't know. Um, anyway, no name yet, but, uh, I will keep thinking about it. Um, I think honestly, my biggest objectives for the weekend, I mostly was going because I knew that Vinny really wanted to go. I really wanted to go on principle, but I didn't really want to go in reality in my meat body in time. Um, so my main objective was to, like, eat well and to not suffer too much. A noble aspiration. <laughs> we ate pretty well. We sure did. I suffered less than I could have, more than I would have preferred, perhaps. Didn't you say that pain is a sensation and suffering is pain a choice? Pain is a sensation, suffering is a choice. And you chose not to suffer? Sure, mostly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like I mostly kept a pretty positive outlook on it right yeah um, it wasn't mopey or anything and there was always somewhere you know to opt out you could always sit in the car and turn it on and warm it up which you didn't do very often but i think you managed to stay dry for the most part my big thing about it is like we're just far too comfortable in our daily lives i feel so when i'm out too comfortable <laughs> what is too comfortable <laughs> Um, well, How can you be too comfortable? Our challenges are just not real challenges. Yeah, I understand not... being alienated from like the day to day, like being alienated from the mundane, kind of. Yeah. But I don't see why suffering needs to be a part of reacquainting yourself with the mundane. The very fact that you'd call it the mundane, it kind of like proves my point. Yeah, I guess that so. That we're so disconnected from it. The challenges that you face every day aren't real. They're not life or death. So that when you are faced with a life or death decision or situation, you don't know what to do and you freeze up because the city makes softies of us. So when I go camping or when I'm up there, there's just this inherent satisfaction of, am I going to most likely survive the next 15 minutes the next day can i manage to meet my basic needs um because i'm out here in the shit doing it and there's to me it's really rewarding i imagine it has sort of a oh i don't know a psychological appeal where you don't have to worry about your existential worries because you have to be worried about your very real material survival exactly. worries and I can appreciate that. It's just, as a writer, I would rather go to that space in my mind instead of in my body. And I spend too much time building other people's, like, dream homes, vanity projects, 
and it feels good to do something essential to my survival for myself and the people I love the most instead of for money. Yeah. Removed oh, yeah, no, cars. totally. I just want to, like, design my own dream home, not, not suffer on the ground it. in the cold. Right, right. <laughs> to me, suffering on the ground in the cold is not an inherent part of building my dream yeah, home. right. But I can I totally appreciate how it is mm-hmm. for you, 100%. I get it. I really do. I just personally am not so <laughs> fond of suffering. So we we kind of anticipated that rainy season was coming. We looked at the forecast. We knew we knew it was coming. Oh, so oh. we tried our best to every prepare. Day, every we built day things. I it. We, oh, it bad. Yeah, what did we do? Didn't we talk about it a little in the last episode, the preparations we were making? A little bit. Did we talk about the sukkah and stuff? I think so. Okay. Maybe, but we should start with that, I guess. Yeah. When okay. I worked in Chicago... I um, helped this guy build his sukkah. Um, and I think some people say sukkah. The the day, the holiday is sukkot. Sukkot. Um, you can look it up. <laughs> um, and it represents the time the Jews spent in the desert. Um, but yeah, it's in in our case, it was just sort of an outdoor, open on both sides tent, but covered. Um, built it out of three quarter inch PVC. Um, used Vaseline for the fittings uh, instead of glue. Um, if you've ever tried to just push PVC fittings together without any lube or glue, doesn't really work so well. Um, but with a little bit of Vaseline, they bottomed out. Um, it once it's stabilized it's incredibly stable uh and really lightweight which was another key for us traveling in our car um to have a large pseudo interior space for cooking and chilling um covered with a tarp to protect us from the rain yeah so Um, it was basically like the structure like the outlines of a house covered in a tarp yeah made out of pvc Um, and and what did you do for it well i didn't have all i Going forward, I mean, my job is going to be, I think, sort of style, I guess. Um, Comfort and style. Um, So for this structure, for the PVC and tarp, I wanted to find a way to make the tarp a little bit more interesting looking, since that would be the whole outside of our house, basically, for the weekend. Um, And presumably going forward until we build a more permanent structure. Um, So I made this... So I was thinking about, like, what kind of pattern could I make? I wanted a geometric pattern. I wanted to be able to do it out of duct tape so that I could just apply it directly onto the tarp. Um, And it's a huge tarp, like 20 by 10, so it needs to be fairly simple. Right. Geometric and and not curved. Curves are hard. Right, because, again, duct tape. So um, what kind of designs did you... What was your inspiration? What did you... Well, I wanted something simple. I wanted something striking. I kind of wanted something that was a little bit reminiscent of, like, a tent, a person under a tent. So I came up with this sort of geometric design of a series of squares and arrows, basically, like just the top part of an arrow. Mm -hmm. Um, Looks like a person under a tent. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I made it at three different scales, one three pieces of duct tape wide, one two, and then one one. Um, it looked so cool. And sort of staggered them so that it has this sort of tessellated look to it. Um, anyway, 
It didn't help us stay dry, but it was cool to look at. <laughs> it did actually help us stay dry. It did its level best. Um, I mean, the the design, the decoration didn't add any. That's inherent. what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. That didn't add anything, but it No, of totally... course the tarp kept us dry. That's his job as a tarp. <laughs> totally added to the ambiance, though. Yeah, Similarly, I think so. the the lights that you picked out, the path mm-hmm. lights were an important part of the ambiance. Um, yeah, fairy lights that, that we wound around the PVC on the inside of the sukkah so that it sort of defined the outside, made it, you know, sort of harder to walk into or to, you know, navigate, but also just brought some light and ambiance to the tent. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need that. Um, And light to connect to the composting toilet we set up. That was another kind of important amenity. And that was, I think that was a rollicking success. I think so, yeah. The compost toilet went great. So Vince did basically the same thing in a smaller scale. Made PVC, a... and it was square this time instead of with the pitched roof. Uh-huh. Um, and then built um three-quarter inch MDF, which is just like particle board, um, bench for it that was like three feet wide and as high as a toilet seat should be. Um, and then if you're unfamiliar with a composting toilet, it's just like a five-gallon bucket, simply. Um, you do your business in there and sawdust and um toilet paper um (laughs) (laughs) let's you know what let's back up we pull up thursday at like 2 3 p.m just afternoon wasn't it it was only like 12 30 by the time we got there but it was already raining but it was well yeah it was drizzling and we were like all right we knew it was gonna be like this let's not let's just keep our wits about us you and your mom didn't really seem to care very Mm -hmm. much um you just sort of bounded out and got to work uh, I sat with the dog in the car <laughs> and watched you. I tried to help. I really did. But I have this fear. I, I had like this existential dread about getting wet before camping because <laughs> we had this experience in the Smoky Mountains about 10, no, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, um, when we got engaged. I think it was just the very next night after we got engaged when we were in the Smoky Mountains. We got engaged while we were in a cabin, and then we went camping after that. And it rained, and it turned to snow overnight, and we were really wet, and we didn't have that many blankets. And it was the coldest I may have felt in my entire life. I got through the night, so because we were, you know, in the Smokies, we'd been visiting these Civil War sites, and I got myself through the night by imagining that I was a fucking soldier in the Civil War, and I just had to get through tonight and get back on the road. I, like, heard Ken Burns (laughs) in my head. It was a real thing. Um, And so this time, ever since then, including this time, I have been so intent on not getting wet if i'm going to be camping and i know it's going to be cold maybe even getting below zero staying dry is like the number one priority so it's kind of a bummer to pull up and start having to lo- like unpack and set up in the rain because there's no real way to not get wet yeah when you're setting up in the rain you literally don't have any any right. shelter yet that's what you're doing is setting it up so I jumped right in. I sort of knew, like, you were going to hang back. And, you know, our dog is not a big fan of the elements oh, either. He wanted to stay in, too. So, yeah, my mom and I tore into it. She was clearing brush. We picked the site. We kind of had to walk around to confirm, you know, that we had the right site. We ended up using the main big clearing. 
Um, and she started raking away brush and piling up the soft stuff and digging a trench for where it was going to be because she's, she's also done a lot of camping and a lot of wet camping. Um, and that's one of the most important things. You got to start, one of the biggest lessons I learned on this is you got to start by thinking about where the water's going with everything you do. Um, whether you're building like a, a raised platform to take care of it or you're digging trenches or you're just finding a spot like right where it breaks into a hill, you just got to think about the water first. Um, so mom was clearing brush. I started building the PVC sukkah parts. Fortunately, I had labeled all of the parts and all the pipes so I could just pop them together without thinking about it too hard. Pro tip. Yeah, definitely. You got to label your stuff. Um, and then got it set up. My mom and I putting it all together. It's a little taller than me, so I had to like hold it up above my head while my mom popped it in. But it was wet and rainy and we were in a hurry and we didn't get it set up, you know, perfectly perpendicular to the ground. So it was this constant battle of the wet fittings popping apart because of the Vaseline falling over in the slightest oh, gust. Yeah, it was such a bummer. It was up and then it wasn't. It, it collapsed and broke <laughs> Almost apart had Amy several out. times. Yeah, but we finally got there. Just took paracord tied around two, both the two sides and, um, you know, weighed the other sides down with a branch, put the other side, you know, in with a stake. Um, and then threw the tarp over the top and finally we had a dry, um, like six by 10 space where Amy could start unloading the car and the food and we could get started on the tent, which was like connected to the suka. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We, we have what, like a eight person tent? I think it's just four person. Four? Yeah. It's big in it's any big, case. Though. Um, it has its own, uh, yeah, no, you can put nine people in there. What am I talking about? Well, um, if they sleep on the porch, like five, maybe. Um, anyway, it has a vestibule or a Gencon. <laughs> yes. So we attached the tent to the Soka so that we would have just one big continuous, you know, living room space, dining room space, and then going into the bedroom is great. Um, first night, the rain turned to snow predictably and... In my experience, I would rather have like a 28 degree snow than a 34 degree rain. Yeah. Um, and But the problem is it starts as 34 degree rain yeah. and becomes 28 degree snow. But fortunately for us, we we kept it pretty dry the first night. We put on some Billie Holiday just mm -hmm. all night and that made for some really good sleeping. Just like rain and Billie Holiday. If you can, it's nice work if you can get it. And if you get it. Won't you tell me how? There was a moment. It was like 5.30. It was already very dark. Um, I had made a cheese course because I'm classy like that. Uh, we ate the cheese course. We drank some mulled wine. It was dark. We were wet and we had been setting up and it was all a whole thing. And we all looked at each other and we're like, can we just go to bed? Do we have to eat Thanksgiving dinner? Can we just do it tomorrow and go to bed? And then we looked at the time and it was... It was like 5.30, right? Yeah. 5.30 p.m. We're like, oh, shit. We can't. No. We can't. No. Gotta make Thanksgiving dinner. Gotta keep doing this. So we smoked a bright sativa joint uh -huh. and we got about it. Yeah. We persevered. 
And we stayed up anyway. Yeah. Till like nine o'clock. Till like nine o'clock. And you know what? We were dry. We had brought enough shit that we had enough things, dry things to change into, and enough blankets and pillows and sleeping bags that actually that first night was not impossibly cold. It was. I mean, it was cold, but mm-hmm. I was pretty cozy actually, all things considered. But then we woke up, and there was snow. Yeah, actually. Um... Around three in the morning, we started getting woken up by the sounds of snow sh- sliding and sheeting uh-huh. off of the tent, which was really scary. The first time we heard it, you know, my mom woke us it's up and she bear. said, there's something out there. There's something out there. And it definitely sounded like it. But then we realized, no, that's rain turning to snow. And um, Big Agnes, our tent, <laughs> you know, held up like champ because that's what she's made for. And uh, Suka held up admirably. It also did the snow thing. We went out there, you know, maybe every hour, starting at like three you in the morning. You didn't really that first night, no, did you? No, I guess we went out first at like three o'clock to check and realized it's just snow and we sort of pushed stuff off then. Mm-hmm. But then I think, I think one of one us more went time. out again at like five. Yeah. And then I was up at around seven and mm-hmm. it was pretty much done snowing anyway and we figured how to you know, knock the snow off the roof without getting it to drop into the little space between right. the suka and the tent. Um, so, yeah, that that went all right. And it was kind of cool waking up to see snow. Uh-huh. And that was the juncture at which we were like, fuck this, we're making a fire. <laughs> yeah, we. I definitely did my research, made the calls. We should have gotten a permit. But I think if you get caught making a fire in the rain, they actually give you a medal. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. So we called the county and they were like, well, you can't get a, build- a burning permit until it starts raining. But this was like a month ago. Right. When we made that call. And it didn't start raining until like the day before we went there. Right. So, But by the time we made a fire, it had been raining pretty steadily for a couple of days. So we were like, you know what? It's going to be okay. So we made a little fire. And by God, if that fire didn't get us through the rest yeah. of the weekend. Yeah, the next two days were were peak. Yeah. We were just there all day. Uh, wake up mostly dry, mostly warm. Make your coffee. Sit by the fire for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me a better surface to cook on. I love cooking over a campfire. Um, and then we actually didn't set up the composting toilet until the next day. Yeah. Because it was so wet and... right unpleasant out there um but we got that set up we went on a little walk we explored finally we chose a couple of sites for things for a uh a storage storage unit unit, (laughs) uh potential yurt site potential like main home site Uh uh-huh my mom jumped into planting right away she bought a camilla i think um and had a bunch of bulbs i think daffodil bulbs um and oh it was the little cute little baby roses yeah 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 rose bushes of some kind yeah and i brought some like rosemary cuttings we threw in the ground so we got some stuff there it's it's a passive security measure just to let people know who might go there for hunting or whatever like no this is this is a loved (laughs) private place yeah having a little stone pathway and some flowers planted right we're at the entrance of the property. It's a marker that, like, yeah, yeah. somebody, somebody's doing <clears throat> stuff with this now. In legal speak, you got to have a no trespassing sign. Which there is. And they have that. Yep. So, um, 
but you know this is just an additional layer of knowing that it's there and we you, we even wanted to put just like a rope across the path something symbolic if you mm -hmm. really want to get around it you can but um so yeah, yeah it was nice to plant stuff and walk around did you end up getting everything done that you wanted i did not but uh, i sort of knew that out the gate that I would plan for more than I could yeah. reasonably accomplish. It's good to I set also wanted high to get, expectations yeah, for yourself or I, high goals. I also recently scored this like galvanized metal box um, uh, at work a couple weeks ago, and your guys's workplace has really been paying dividends yeah, lately. Really. I mean, especially your mom's hospital stuff, but but yeah, I got this metal box for my job if that uh, like tank parts shipped in or whatever. And I got that built and lined with this gasket tar to make it waterproof and then had to dig out another area to like half bury it in and cover that with bury a tar. It bury, bury it. Bury it. I needed to tin. bury it uh, to protect it, you know, from the water <laughs> all around um, there. <laughs> uh, so I did that. Um, didn't get to do any of the surveying I wanted to do, but... How about you? Well, when my objectives were to eat well and not suffer too much, um, now that it's over, it sort of doesn't matter, if that makes sense. It, it was fine. It was good. I enjoyed myself. Um, it wasn't as cold or as wet as I feared most oh, of the time. nice. Um, the two hindsight. days in the middle where it wasn't raining and we got stuff done and we, you know... It was golden glitter, right? It was great, yeah. Yeah, those two days were golden glitter. You had some visions of going into town. In hindsight, do you consider it an accomplishment or... Um, I think it was didn't? just learning something about myself, which I probably should have predicted, but uh, needed to experience in real time, I guess. I found that I didn't... I needed to be all in on one thing. Camping is such a like immersive, overwhelming experience that I couldn't think about going into town and writing because it was too different of a world, if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I sort of got caught up in the thing that you were talking about, which is like you're thinking about the next fire and the next meal and the next like not getting wet and you're thinking mm -hmm. about all of those things. And so... The idea of going to a coffee shop and writing my romance novel just it seemed like a world away you know it just mm -hmm. didn't seem relevant i didn't feel in that mode um i also felt self-conscious about just how i looked after a couple of days of camping and just didn't want to be seen in public um i probably yeah. wasn't even that bad but i just you know got self-conscious about it so yeah i think one of my priorities at some point is to be able to be comfortable enough on the property where I do feel like I can get into art mode, I can get into writing mode, like have, you know, maybe it's just the yurt, but getting like a writing desk in the yurt so mm -hmm. that while I'm at the property, I feel like comfortable enough that I can do more abstract, artsy yeah. things. I think that'll be a priority because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to divide my time the way that I kind of wanted to or thought that I could. Sure. Oh, I guess we should talk about what happened on Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose so, huh? <laughs> so those two nights, those two days were pretty solid. Good good sleeping. We mm -hmm. managed to even store some dry sleeping bags in the car to save for subsequent nights and really got it toasting in there. Um, 
On the last night, it started raining again, and it it was just rain, and it stayed rain. And we, it was a lot more than a, a friggin' lot. drizzle yeah, this time. It was a couple inches of rain. Um, and we went to bed, I guess around 9.30, um, as it was really starting to pick up and woke up, I guess around 12.30 yeah, yeah, to about midnight. a loud crashing sound, which <laughs> I kind of knew right away was the sukkah. Uh, yeah, and like you react so quickly and so like extremely, it's just, it, it was very, uh, alarming to wake yeah. up to first a, first a crash and then you like leaping out of bed being like oh shit what am i gonna do oh shit now to our credit you know we had the foresight we're pretty clean campers and we had taken most of our stuff off the table but yeah what happened was i didn't provide enough channels for the tarp to sit in to to carry water down so it just pooled um and to the credit of the design it held up about 200 pounds of water uh before it snapped the pvc fitting yeah um, it didn't pull the tarp away right. it it snapped, snapped the fitting the, actual the fittings fitting. didn't come apart this time the fittings were bottomed out they were deep they were solid the structure didn't change. It was well anchored, but it just snapped. So I went out there right away. Didn't even bother to put on shoes. Just had my socks on. Luckily, just one layer. I took off my my other socks and tried lifting up this mass of water that we were kind of like... Just deadlift 200 pounds of water. I didn't know. Um, and yeah, I couldn't do it. Had to get my mom under it too and just moved this whole body's worth of water figured out which fitting had snapped and spent probably 10, 15 minutes putting it back together, got some duct tape and just wrapped it around the fitting. And then I said, I'm not fucking around. I'm going to set an alarm or my mom set an alarm first Mm -hmm. for like two hours. And I was like, no, I'll set an alarm for an hour. Didn't even get to sleep. I just got back up like 45 minutes later, pushed all the water off again. I was like, okay, sounds like it's dying down right now. Okay, I'll set an alarm for two hours, like 3 a.m. Fuck. <laughs> um, and yeah, about 2.55, we hear it again. And this time it's it's both the cross T's. <sighs> it's multiple fittings, like shattering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and decided, no, we gotta, we gotta scrap this like pitched roof idea or the verticals and the pitched roof and just turn it into a very very short teepee you shot so fast i'm so proud of you like it was 3 a.m and everything was wet and dark and you figured out how to repurpose the pvc fittings that you already had to turn a house shaped shelter into a teepee shaped shelter it looked even more like the outside of the sukkah it did yes Really, the the big lesson is just think like water. You got to start by thinking about water. I mean, you do if it's raining. It's easy to not think about it because we live in California and half the year it's like a barren desert. I mean, it's not barren, but it is does have zero rain. Um, So then, yeah, it's weird to go from that and leap into so much rain that you're breaking PVC structures. Yeah, and you just never not wet <laughs> right and you're never not wet the amy thorson's story <laughs> um 
so yeah, but you know what? Then it was the last day, so all we had to do was clean up, pack up. I mean, it's not all we had to do. It was a lot of work, and mostly done by Vince and Judy, uh, to which for which I am very grateful. But it had rained all night, and it stayed. It kept raining all morning, so right. it was pouring when we set up and pouring when we packed up, and not too bad in between. Right. Uh, but it was okay that we got all wet then because we didn't have to camp anymore. We were going home. Um, so, so, yeah, that was three days ago. And Can I go back? Yeah, sure. No, I mean, I want to go back to the property right now. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you do, hon. I when, know you do. When can I go back? Can I skip Christmas and go back? I think that's what you're going to nice. do, right? <laughs> My mom and I are going to camp out there. We're going to start probably digging and leveling for the storage unit that we want to build next. Um, and then that's going to be like around Christmas. And then when Amy gets back, I'm going to do New Year's. Yeah, I'm hoping I have one night in me. I should be able to. I should be able to manage that if we don't get wet. Um, you know, it's one going to be one month colder. Yeah. So instead of lows of 28, it might be lows of 21. But we're going to have close to a week to get it set up for you. And yeah. by then we better have our shit figured out enough for you to be comfortable. Yeah. Cause... Right. If you can be comfortable for a week, hopefully I can be comfortable yeah. for a day. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about going into the year 2020, uh, the official future TM, there's nothing that feels more right than spending that night on the property, on property that I own for the very first time. But yeah, it just feels like the most correct thing to do on New Year's is to be on the property. So I will pull up my big girl jeans and I will stay on the property on December 31st. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I guess the next episode we'll hear how New Year's went. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for listening in. Stay warm out there. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know we were going.